That's how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you feel today. What up, y'all? It's Abstract Square Podcast. This is episode Who Gives a Fuck. We are back. <laughs> Yo, we took a little bit of time off. Why? You tell them. I ain't telling them shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, a lot has been going on. A lot has been going on. Um, Yo, let's just jump right into it. Yo, I fucking resigned from my motherfucking job. What you gonna do now? You selling crack again? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm back in these streets. What I'm back, mean? man. So you cut your hair? Cut nothing? my hair? I, Yo, you cut your I don't. Nothing. Yo, I don't have my red glasses on today. But That's any any other day, I would definitely have my red glasses on. <laughs> I'm back to my red glasses. I had to take them off for a little bit. I had them for the for the photo shoot. Hopefully, y'all had a chance to go to the the IG and peep the photo shoot, but we back, right? Or we back with a with a rebrand. <laughs> with a with a with a, a nice little rebrand. Shout out to B with the with the shoot. Everyone's like, yo, how how B the photographer and he in the shoot? Don't worry about it. We lit. But yo, I want to talk about my resignation, man. I don't really I, I, give I, a shit about your resignation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't really give a shit. <laughs> Yo, man, I don't know. The listeners probably don't know, but it, obviously they can't because they're listeners, right? They right. they don't see. But there was a lot of a lot of shit going on behind the scenes with oh, me. Oh yeah, you was coming in here stressed out every every episode. That's probably, it's probably a good thing that we we took a little bit of time off to to get everything together. Yeah, creative yeah. color and all of that stuff too. So. Yeah, we got you know we had a couple of things popping, but. I was I was really stressed out, man. I don't know if y'all y'all recall, but you know, on on the last episode, do you remember what my challenge was? To to quit your job? <laughs> Wasn't it something like that? <laughs> nah, it was to update your resume. Oh, <laughs> that was wild, right? Yeah, it don't sound coincidental. You don't really do too many coincidental things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was sort of where my head was at. You know, I was uh, I was going through a, a tough time at the job. And it was definitely fucking with my head. Are there, are there times that aren't tough for the job? I don't think they should be tough like this, man. You know, like I think I'm desensitized. I don't even really know what that means. Man, there's yo, there's, there's people who who literally wake up every day and and really enjoy going to work. They really look forward to Sunday night because they'll wake up and live out their dream. You sound crazy. There's no one on this earth like that. Yo. Their dream is what do you? Well, maybe if they are living their dream. Nah, it's, yo. For some people, then the, for some people, the nine to five is it, and for some, it's not. Some people really enjoy waking up and saying, "Yo, I'm about to go work for somebody else." That's a real thing. No, it's not. 
It is, man. No, it's just not. Be, just because how? <laughs> <laughs> just because we don't wake up that way doesn't mean somebody else doesn't, man. Nah, I could personally say I don't. I don't. I, I tell uh, my wife all the time. I'm not really at this point like pissed off every morning anymore. Mm. I'm not necessarily happy, but I'm definitely not sad. Yo, you know what I mean. I was, I was in a tough spot mentally, bro. No, nah, I saw it. You started looking nasty. Yo. Your skin started looking yellow. My skin was yellow? Nah, I just like talking shit. <laughs> I was going to say, damn, I, I thought I was drinking water at nah, least. Nah, you look nasty. Go ahead, pussy. <laughs> yo, I was I was out here fucking losing weight. Yeah, that's a fact. I look good, I was though. like, yo, you on a diet? He was like, no, I'm stressed. Like, <laughs> like, you relax. You be all right out here. Yeah, man. So it, I had, I think the break was good for us as a group. Just one, mentally, so I can get my shit together. Yeah. And two, so we could put, you know, the second half. These efforts that everyone's going to love. It's, it should look real dope. I'm really happy about where we headed with the podcast. Yeah, man. I'm excited. And, I, yo, I just want to thank all of the listeners. Oh, shout out to Spotify, too. We haven't <laughs> had that conversation yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we we on Spotify now, y'all. So yeah. we lit now. Who going to stop us, huh? Oh, too many gay references. Yeah. But um, I, I, I do want to, you know, during this period of my... Uh, of of my life, right? I, I did a lot of self reflection. Yo, you want to cue more music up? Cut this shit. This soliloquy shit. We're not gonna do today. <laughs> I did a lot of self reflection. I did. I did. I did a lot of self reflection out, man, because it was just like a, a weird period for me in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm gonna tell you right now. I was looking at you go through this weird period, and since I've been through it ten times, I was like, "Yo, cut your shit." I feel like I told you that that, that day. When you were like in that office, that's like kind of dark. Yeah, I see. I was working out of a dark spot too. <laughs> Literally, you was in a dark place. <laughs> I was in a dark place. Drake voice. <laughs> Yo, but the reason why it was uh, a tough spot for me because the, the last time I was in a situation where, and for the listeners who don't know, so let me just give you a little bit of background. I I resigned, but before I resigned, I was told that my last day would be December fourteenth, right? So isn't that the name of Drake's song? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it was like a moment where I was like, oh, shit. The last time I've been in this situation, it was about 10 years ago, literally 10 years ago. It was January 21. <laughs> <laughs> but I had no family. I had no wife. Like, it was just me. So when you hear that you're getting ready to be laid off when you're single. It's like, all right, fuck it. We just it, figure it out. Now, let's add a little different, like, listeners definitely don't know that you had a point in your career where you decided to make a move up to the north. You were a little bit not right. sure what you were going to do, but you had other things that allowed you to kind of make those kind of moves too. So. Right, right. Yeah, and, and and the first time I was laid off, I, I had other things brewing. Right. You know, I was I was still in my creative bag. I was Try designing. Get, get money, get money. Yeah, Shit so like second <laughs> income was, um, wasn't a thing for me. It was like, it was coming in. Right. You know, so I was able to sustain while I was laid off. You know, that's when I really had to, experience true entrepreneurship which i miss that and my, my recommendation to any listener is to absolutely have that i got a, a learning from someone out in the bay area years ago that straight up told me that you need a job you need a business and you need a hustle yeah all at the same time just to make sure that you know you're not out here looking like chad with the yellow skin yeah i was out here <laughs> 
I was out here losing weight for all the wrong reasons, you know. And so, for me, when I heard it this time around, I think I had gotten comfortable. Yeah, which is where I fucked up. I had gotten comfortable with the job, the money, and that's subjective. Just being in a, a spot where I felt like I had made it, right? You know, you get that title and you're like, I'm good. Yeah, but you also got. Yo, you gotta relax, yo. <laughs> Sorry, that was my John Legend in me. <laughs> yo, what? Nah, but part, part of being comfortable is like, it's not. Well, I'm sure it wasn't all that you made it. I'm sure a lot of it was actually like, things are too demanding for me to to take on these other things. Yeah, I think that was that was the other part was this role that I was that I was in definitely took over my life from every angle. Well, in addition to your family taking over your life. You, right. When we were young and we could, like I said, job, business, hustle, when you have a family, I mean, that's, that's another business in itself. Right. It is. It is. And so I, I stopped designing. I would literally turn down business. When people would be like, yo, Chad, can you create blase blah? And I'm like. Until I bought a couple of bags, too. He was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> that one I had to mess with. Facts. <laughs> Yo, get that new EIN out. Let's right. do it. <laughs> Definitely got that new EIN. Um, but yeah, literally, even that was tough when it we was. had that. That was tough because I was up late and yeah. then going you into used work. To I wasn't. My my mind and my body was not trained to be in that mindset of hustling again because yeah. I'd gotten so comfortable. You off the block now? You yeah. don't want to be cold no more. I don't want to be on the block no Some more. Love being on the block in the freezing cold. <laughs> <laughs> so when this time came around, I had nothing. I I fucking like lost it mentally. Lost it. You got it back though. And you know what? I, I would never know that you lost it to be fully transparent until I saw you get it back. Like I haven't seen you creative in years, so I haven't had a chance to really digest that you yeah. lost it. That's crazy. Meanwhile, <laughs> new art, <laughs> new, new artwork. <laughs> we back. Outfits looking different. Yeah, man. Know, I got colors again. I got colors on. Yo, <laughs> all black was a move for me. That's a fact. Yeah, you know. And Yo, so, Chad, like, like I want to dive in though because I think it's important to like really get into the the meat and potatoes of the conversation. Right. You know. So, I. I the, the reason why I want... Not on your soliloquy shit, but, like, let's just get to the topics. <laughs> but I wanted to bring this up because, you know, it's that time of the year um, where a lot of people will be laid off. Yeah. Actually, I had... Well, I had a friend over last night. Um, my wife's best friend, obviously. I want y'all to wild it out here. And um, she had two friends that got laid off literally yesterday. One had, one had just bought a house, and there's a baby on the way. And she just lost her job yesterday. That's wild. I mean, but nobody knows she had a baby and all of that. But this is, like, what's going on out here in these streets on a day-to-day. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's just I, I, I want to talk about a couple different things, man, because I I just want – I don't want people to go through what I went through, even though I can't stop the path and the journey from what's happening with you and your life. But I, I at least want you to know that you're not alone. Everyone is going to go through this at some fucking point. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to B just coming in here, too. <laughs> Yo. It happens, man. You're hustling. That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So 
I want to talk about why why I made the decision to resign before I was laid off. I want to talk about that. So get to it. No <laughs> yo. soliloquies, yo. We're not doing none of that shit. I'm t- yo, B, you with me on that one? No soliloquies? Like, just get none to the shits. Oh, welcome, B. What up? Fucking late. None of that Hamlet Shakespeare shit. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. You know, so there was... I was at an agency, right? Nah, you got to qualify it. One of the largest agencies in the country. I was at one of the... The world. At, yeah, I was at the largest agency in the world. And uh, talk about it. Part of part of the reason why I accepted the role was because I was at one of the largest agencies. I had a good title. It was an opportunity to lead. It was just a new challenge for me. My background is creative. This was totally taking me in the media spot, uh, in the media world, which I had never been in. So I excused a lot of the bullshit that was going on when I accepted this role. No, no, no. Back up a little bit. <laughs> Back up. Talk to me about what they told you. Upon getting in there, upon, you know, getting the job. Like, I need yeah. to understand what they sold you as that dream. Like, why'd you go? Yeah, so they they, they definitely told me that I would have some challenging clients, right? Mm. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> <laughs> I would have some challenging clients. And I, I, I knew that walking through the door. And I think anyone that has worked for a large organization like uh, Verizon, where I came from, when you talk about large organizations and, and complexities, nothing gets more difficult than being with a client at Verizon, right? So when you tell me something's difficult in this world, I'm like, fuck out of here. I got this. Yeah. We'll talk about, you know, part of that is smart people, though. You know, when you talk about Verizon, you talk about high-end talent right. for real. And, you, and when you come to an agency, you start to realize that ain't really it. Yeah, yeah. And so I totally disregarded the fact that I was going to an agency mentally. And right. that's my part of my fuck up, right? I felt like agency... Own, own your bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, I built half the agency at Verizon. Right. So I figured I would walk into a very similar ecosystem. Would you at, say the infrastructure was any different? Yes. I'm going to argue that Verizon don't really have high-level talent. They got high-level talent on paper and people that got experience. Well, we're not years. talking about anything creative, right? We're yeah, talking about yeah. straight up on paper. Like, that's yeah, the conversation. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's all that matters yeah. at this point. I, I mean, there's something that I experience in, in um Shout out corporate, to me being high-level talent, by the way. Is that, um, yo, most of these corporate entities work off of either you're a, a hired gun or... It's experience, right? You've paid your dues in that corporate structure, right? So naturally yeah. you're throwing up the ranks because you've been there for five, ten, how many ever years. Right. And that talent isn't always the best talent, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's subjective, right? Mm-hmm. It, it is subjective. But when I when I got when – I, when I walked through the doors officially, right – this is the part that I want all listeners to understand that. You Don't should tell them, motherfucker, God. <laughs> think, look at the fucking red flags and don't ignore those things. Talk to me. Let's let's talk. Red flag number one. What's what's that? No honey at the happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> think yo, onboarding. So for those that don't understand what onboarding is, that is how you your entrance into the company, right? Do you have your fucking laptop? Do you have your ID card? Are you being properly trained? 
Is your manager checking in with you? Mm. Do you have the tools necessary to do your job? That you, exists still in this, these days and days? Like, yes. I, maybe it does. Yes. I haven't been to a company that's properly onboarded me in the past 10 years. Facts. Right. And Big companies and all. So how many companies have you been? To? Past 10 years? Yeah. Probably six. All right, so think about the average of that. That's right. a problem. It's a big problem. Yeah, that's my point. Those are those are red flags, right? The second red flag, organizational structure. When you look at the hierarchy of the department that you're in, really dig and ask questions during the interview process and understand what you're walking into. If you're reporting it, if you're for example, a director, and you're reporting into an SVP, understand why the fuck a VP is not in place. Mm. Yeah. Like, think okay. about that. Yeah. And a lot of people don't ask those smarter questions smart because, question. you know, it, it's a first date, right? Like, exactly. they put their best foot forward. Yeah. But you as an interviewee got to ask those questions, right? Right. That's a key point, child. I like that one. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? No so, soliloquy shit, but I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, think about the structure and why it's in place. And then also, look at how long the team has been around. If, you're, if your entire team has been there 10 months or less, which is going to take some research on your part. Nah, not really. At me, though. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. Like, right now. Yeah, like, I ain't yeah. start 10 minutes. 10, 10, 10, my new role, I haven't started 10 months ago, and I will have tenure. As of next week. See, those are those are those <laughs> are red flags, that. right? You know, like so these are these are some of the things that I knew walking in, right? But But that bag is calling me. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, there's always a part of you that's like, yo, you, you feel like you as one person can mentally change a department. Like you have that mindset that if you come through the door, the skills that you bring to the table will ultimately alter the way the the de- the the department is doing business, which probably starts with how competitive we are because we have to be competitive in right. this landscape. So, right, you just come here to bust ass every day. At some point, you're gonna say, you know, this is my opportunity to finally show my worth, even though I've been worthy for yeah. umpteen years. Right, yeah, you know, and so that's that that was the mindset, right? It's like, look, I just. I just did something really big at at Verizon. I'm going to come here and I'm going to do something just as big here. Like you think that you have the opportunity to make a major impact in in the way that things are happening around the organization. There's another key point to that that I think you're slightly negating is like the idea that when you're looking for a new role that the grass isn't always going to be green on the other side. Yeah, right. And it, the, the grass is definitely not going to get greener with a, with a bigger amount of money. The responsibility is just going right. to compound. Right. Right. And so – those are all the thi- those those were a few of the red flags that I noticed walking through the door um, at this past opportunity, um, and it, I I, t- I just totally disregarded them. Right? It's like it's like any you know new relationship. Some of that shit, yeah. you, know, you got the rose colored glasses on, you gonna forget about it or ignore it or brush it under the rug. Right? Nah. Yeah, it, and that is what a job is. It's a relationship. It is. And you met a nice joint. But she really wasn't like she that. Was like dirty. That. She was dirty. She was nasty. She, she didn't really know how to have a proper conversation with you. She had. She talked to you nuts. Yeah, she dirty, had on dirty Jordans, Air Force mids. Her shoelaces were untied. Selena, <laughs> yeah, strap leaning. <laughs> nah, she had on mids on. Yo. Strap leaning. She had on mids. Um, and so does she have on like the single sole temp? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yo, you know what? I got a question for you. So I remember um, coming to a happy hour, your farewell happy hour, mm-hmm. and one of the coworkers that you used to work with, um, she said, you know, I tried to tell him, but I didn't really tell him. I said, when you're ready to talk about some stuff, come my way. Yep. And she knew what it was, right? Yeah. She gave you the warning shot. But, of course, you get in there day one, you got you to gotta show, you got to bust down doors. Would you have leaned into her a little bit more and asked her those questions next time going around? For somebody that's going to warn you, are you going to kind of take heed? I want to I address another warning you got from somebody that told you straight up, they want to see you fail, bro. Yeah. Verbatim. Yeah. I got two warnings. Jeez, I didn't hear about that. Can you tell me about this one? I need to understand that. Who she, told you? She was one of my clients. She How how would she want to see you fail? I need to understand the context. No, she said that they, as in the large organization, but obviously there was someone telling her. Right. Yeah. So when I walked through the door, I had no idea that the op, the I was I was set up to fail from the from the day I walked through the door. Snapple facts. You know, out of the eight or the eight agencies that were run under this umbrella, I managed three of them. All three of them were complicated. Mm. All three of them were complex. Very complicated. Very compli- complex, tough, emerging, growing agencies. Political, I'm sure. Very, which I want to talk about too. And also not creative, right? So like coming from creative, right? It's a very analytical place. It's a very different conversation. Yes, yes. And so that I knew walking through the door that I was going to deal with some really like atypical clients, right? They, mm. they weren't going to want to see color. It was, everything is supposed to be black and white, and I was going to give them what they wanted. It was just everything was bulleted out. So right. all right, now there's setup from failure, but is there a bit of optimism, like? Of course. Me, playing devil's advocate, right? Like, all right, we need some change. We only got, you know, white faces or whatever it is. Let's throw some diversity in here. You and see him and, right here. I was like, all the change. Like, and, <laughs> and see what's going on. Um, is there a piece of that that you felt was, like, kind of genuine in terms of them trying to see, like, all right, let me throw him to the wolves and see what's going on with these clients? Or do you know that, like, no matter what, you were set up? There was you? nothing that I could do right in this situation. Mm. From the day I walked through the door, one of the clients already had made a decision that they did not like me. They weren't willing to uh, work with me, collaborate. They weren't willing to do any of that. The reason being, I knew I was stepping into shoes that were going to be hard to fill. The The two people that left the the supporting roles that I, that I stepped into, they had great relationships they had been with the uh so they had they had, they were supporting the agency for the last 2 to 3 years and here i am this guy creative guy let's let's face it here creative guy here here comes this black guy red yeah. glasses shiny uh bright sneakers coming in tell, telling me how how to hire who looks like he should report to who you reported to right right who did you report to Oh, I can't. Say, I'm not. Gonna no, say. no, not by name, but by role. As, I, I reported into an SVP of of town acquisition. Gotcha. Yeah. So let's talk about leadership now. I want to get into this bag. Oh right? man, let's let's talk about that SVP. I thought I thought the conversation was going to turn into DNI. Was it oh, we, we're gonna go there. Okay, we're gonna go there. So uh, I would say, <laughs> <laughs> yo, he ready? He's cocky, he's loaded. <laughs> So I I had honestly I had did my research on my on my my manager before I started, as she, you should, 
she worked for a company that I had a great relationship with. And mm-hmm. so I did my my reference check and I said, yo, how is manager A? They right. said, oh, she's, you know, she's good. She's, you know, on her shit. She's you know, on her A game all the time. So I walked in thinking, all right, I'm going to walk in and deal with a smart leader. For, was that like Verizon A game versus like agency A game? It was staffing agency A game. Oh, okay. Which, which is, is very which is just, different. Which is, oh, that makes, I didn't Can know that. Can you break that down for me? Because wow. I'm, not, I'm not privy to the agency versus corporate versus staffing, staffing agency. That makes yeah. so much sense now. Yeah, so staffing agency is all about hustle. Mm-hmm. You are essentially selling. Okay. Whether you are on the business development side of the table or you're on the talent acquisition side of the table. Staffing agencies are essentially boiler rooms. Yep. It's pick up the phone, hang up, pick up the phone, yeah. hang up a thousand times every day. And that's they make a lot of money, but you play the numbers game. You play the numbers game. If you can you make a lot of money if you are that type of person to so, right. to sustain so, that environment. For someone to be on the A game in a staffing agency is very different from someone being able to lead in an agency or a corporate setting. Gotcha. Where it's more qualitative than quantitative. Right. Got you. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. So I thought I was walking in and dealing with someone that was gonna be able to I was gonna be able to learn from. And I didn't walk into that. I walked yeah. into someone that literally had no idea how to lead a team. Mm. She knew how to hustle. She knew how to hustle. It was all about how do you go from A to B in the shortest amount of time. And not even coming at you in any kind of way because I, I, I think you had a negative experience because it was a negative experience, not because you're negative. Okay. But you're a very take-your-time kind of person, a very qualitative just individual Purely in general. Purely qualitative. Nothing, for, you, nothing forces your hand ever. Right. So to have that kind of leadership, like, it doesn't even fit. It didn't work. It didn't work. And what's ironic is that someone that comes from staffing is inappropriately staffing you because they <laughs> didn't really gauge who you were. Exactly. You know, all right, so let's rewind. Literally, from interview to offer was two weeks. Oh. I interviewed. At, at that level, that's ridiculous. At At that director level, I interviewed. Four times in two weeks. That's ridiculous. And it shows scarcity. Yeah. And then. Can you pass the Henny? I'm going to just tell you. I'm going to say it. Hey, yo, pass the Henny. This is a Henny got, conversation. We got Henny. Yo, and so she wanted me to start a fucking week after I said yes. You're bugging. That is another red flag. If they're it not is. giving you an opportunity to, to give a two weeks notice. There's something wrong with. There's yeah. something wrong within the organization. Mm. Ideally, you should be able to give two weeks notice and then take a week off. There is no job that any one of us have today that is 911. None of us have our doctorates, right? Right. No, no, nobody's going to die. No one's going to die. <laughs> um, <laughs> never that serious. Yeah, it's never that serious. So creative might not launch, but they really going to die. Yo, you were you you went this long without me. You can go another week Facts. without me. Sheesh. Our listen, jobs are four one one, not nine one one. Oh, to that. can you say that again? Matter of fact, is that the name of the episode? <laughs> Where the air horn? Where's the air horn? Four one one, not nine one one. Yo, you know what's dope about that? Most of our listeners are professionals. None of y'all are young no more. Stop talking like y'all are. And they need to hear that. Because we all feel like day-to-day is 911. It's really 411. It's 411. It is. 
And so is that a power play? Because I feel like a lot of people get caught up in 911, like, I need to answer back quick. Yo, I need to make this happen because I'm going to lose this bag or whatever it is. I'm going to lose this role with no backup. Yeah. Yo, they, I, I, listeners, listen to this. When a company has made the decision that they want to go with you as a number one for the role, they have made an offer. You have the control. Talk. You have the bag in your hands. So at what point do you, from a HR standpoint, know that the bag is there? Is it the final interview? Is it the, the second interview? At what point do you know as a candidate that you have control That's over this situation? Question. I know what I think, but I would love to hear the real answer. When the business is over-communicating. Okay. Mm. When you're able to get immediate responses right away, like... <laughs> Oh, it's fresh and new. It's the honeymoon stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you, when you like my bad boo. Yeah, yo, when I you get them three dots. When you get them three dots, <laughs> I was right in back. the shower. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so think. Wow. You you, you can, but, can you, you illustrate that? Because I heard you. Because I've been through it. But if you've never been through the responses coming fast, can you illustrate that better? I think listeners need to hear that. Yeah. So when you say, "Hey, just following up." When someone goes, when a recruiter or a hiring manager responds back saying, hey, thanks for touching base. Um, we'll be in touch soon. If you know there's something Something's there. Because on. if there was no interest, they would totally ghost you. Right. Mm. That's just the reality of the situation. They so will then, ghost you. So these personal lives, this dating life applies to the, to the job life yes. too. Yeah, yes. It's also a lot of like being logical, right? Like there's a little bit of understanding that you can have based on that communication like I think the communication definitely points you in the direction of what's really going on like right. think about the conversation that's yeah. a gem because I'm thinking my wheels are turning right now I can think back to every almost every job where either I was the you know not rejected or not you know given an offer yeah. or given but, an offer the conversations yeah. were happening think about the conversations yeah. on point on point fast because that's their money as well yeah in, in, a lot, in a lot of places yeah that's good that's Yo, a good point and so like a regular relationship you should never jump from one relationship to the next without a break. Don't fucking quit on Friday and walk in on Monday. That is not healthy for you mentally. And you're going to take some of the bad habits from your old spot and bring it to the new. You need to detox. You need to really detox and get the bullshit you just got a, got, got, got out of out of your system. Yeah, Let's Coach Chad. Yeah, good shit, Coach. But like, <laughs> 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 nah, but yeah, I like I like that that idea that you should detox a little bit. But you should also like know your worth and know that you can detox. Like further than just saying I, I need my time, yeah. understand that you're in that place of power. Yo, so I, you said something that just triggered. Like, talk about know your worth. So once you realize you're getting over communicated to, yeah. And you got a little bit of power in your bag. Shout mm -hmm. out to Ghost. You know bag. what I'm saying? Shout out to the bag yeah. walk. H-O-Y, what's up? How do you exercise that that power and knowing your worth without getting too reckless? Staying humble. Watch how quickly I dropped 50. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, I think play the game the way you played it from the beginning of the conversation. Okay. Be smart. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, there's no reason to all of a sudden get cocky. There's no reason to... You know, start making outrageous requests. There's no reason to, you know, you're on your end over communicating. Speak when spoken to. The idea you know is, the, is the basic line of, of business, which is like, 
it needs to be mutually beneficial. And yeah, if you're going to help them, they're going to help you, and let's right. balance it. Right. Okay. That's what's up. Yep. So, um, yeah that that was another another red flag for me. Um, and so I would say about four four or five months into my role, we had another SVP join the organization. Oh my! <laughs> we had another SVP join the organization, and I was really excited to have this person come on board because all I knew is they were going to be our chief, uh, not our chief, our SVP of talent acquisition and diversity and inclusion. So this is the person that I was speaking to, with whom I've met. I, it's an interesting conversation. Please. Um. So. So. Before I, before I, I saw the profile, right? I, I just knew his name. I knew he was going to be focusing on DNI, which I was excited about because you guys all know that is like my that's my right. space. And DNI, just to make sure the listeners understand, is diversity and inclusion. You want to bust that? Uh, Some of the people was creeps. They was like, "Where's the other two letters?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you want to break that definition down real quick before we get into this? Yeah. So I know we talked about this on the previous podcast, but I, I really want to give you like a professional definition and i'm going to break it down by diversity the true the true definition of diversity and then also giving you the true definition of inclusion mm. and then i can also talk to you about what that role really means because i think what wait, the wait, new- wait, wait. as long as you do it without the soliloquy shit <laughs> we all good <laughs> no shakespeare no shakespeare um a so, ratio. <laughs> <laughs> so diversity <laughs> right so diversity the true definition of diversity is Understating, accepting, and valuing differences between people, including those of different races, ethnicities, genders, ages, religions, disabilities, and sexual orientations. For Um, what? We're all human. (laughs) Well, um, with differences in education, personalities, skill sets, experiences, and knowledge bases. That is the true definition of diversity. Now, the definition of inclusion is a collaborative, supportive, and respectful environment that increases the participation and, co- and contribution of all employees. So when you talk about a, a, a SVP of town acquisition, they should spazzing? truly understand what the fuck diversity and inclusion means. Tell me why you're mad. Tell me why you're mad. It's just over. Like. <laughs> and so that, that is the, the mindset that I have when I think about someone that is an SVP. So when I see someone walk through the door that has that title, they should be fucking diverse and inclusive in the things that they're doing. Not just with the initiatives that they're bringing on board, but how they approach themselves mm. to the organization. Mm. Simply put, if you were, if your role is to flip burgers, like don't flip chicken. Exactly. Like bong. for real. Bong, bong, bong. Definition. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, B. We got that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so Bobby McFerrin face. <laughs> you already know. So you know when when this person came on board, I was like, "Oh shit, he's Caucasian." I wasn't ready for that. Which is there's nothing wrong with nothing him being at all. At all. There's like, nothing. That. No, there's nothing wrong with that. But what's wrong is not following the definition that you just stated. Exactly. Right. And when i when i there's nothing wrong because that is the whole point of being diverse and in, right. inclusive right? right so there's nothing wrong with that piece but when you're not following the 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 rules of engagement right i have a problem with that i got a question just like you know you talk about being woke and um did you talk about being woke <laughs> we always talk about this right Facts. but <laughs> can you actually be white caucasian whatever 
and mm-hmm. truly practice true diversity and inclusion? Can you really understand it? I have an answer. I would love for you to go first. I think you can. I think you can. It's it's no different than um, like a white rapper. It's no different than marrying being a white man, right? marrying a black woman. Like if you understand my plight, you understand my plight. Like right, yeah. That's how I feel like, about it. It's just a question that culture, I got out there. Like, I, I agree with y'all. It's just a question that's out there, right? Yeah. Like, it's like you, you know, you you understand the culture. You know what what lines to cross and what lines not to cross. It's about being part of the solution rather than being part of the problem and if you are part of the solution right. agree dissolve. completely yep. just want to make yep. sure that we're clear yep. on that yep. you know yep. yo we need somebody that don't think like us cause <laughs> right. we be on the same page right. yo, I would throw Henny in their face uh, <laughs> yo fuck out of here you stupid I don't like white people dumbass <laughs> you know and so I started to have some challenges at that level as well because I started to realize that he was not being inclusive you know, like you start to see certain things happen around the organization, you know, like putting down coworkers and, you know, saying slick remarks and um, being you got one? Un- being unprofessional. You got a slick remark? <laughs> nah, you're going now. <laughs> I, I was, I'm still professional. Come on, but you know what though? You're how inclusive. Old, yo, inclusive how old, I got a question. How old was said SVP? Using his sixties. Oh, okay. So I, really? Yeah. All right, let me. All right. Whoa. So low sixties, so, high fifties. Okay. Can you play the Kawado? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So I think that that you know, obviously we know there's a generation. Yeah, there's there's so nah. Th- yo, there's let's a, there's talk a difference. It. There's a difference. Hold on, T. There's That's a difference, right? So the way the way let's talk about. So it. I'm the, not gonna be ageist. The way the way Gen word. Xers and Boomers view diversity is much different than than the way Millennials view diversity and inclusion. <sighs> So the but, way yeah. the way Gen Xers view um, diversity and inclusion is basically upon demographics. That's it. Demographics. So you 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 were born in this zip code. So therefore, let's just hire more more in that zip code. Yep. I don't. Okay. No, no, no. Step back. Help me understand that better, because I'm big on that thought process. So like. Elaborate, please. Yeah, so let's look. Let's look at it from a color code. Okay. So, diversity to them is just black, green, yellow, orange, red numbers. What do you mean? Like, so you say black, green, orange, red. We need three purple, four. Black, oh yeah, five, five black. Yeah, no, down down to the green yeah. percentage. Three yeah. yellows, right? And and we're good. Yep. We've we've met our numbers, and that's part of the problem with what we saw in the beginning of when we started talking about diversity and inclusion. I would say what maybe ten years ago when it was really like a thing, is they were just saying, "Oh, we're that di- we're that." Di- you you have companies say, "Oh, we're a diverse company." That's because they were bringing in just women, either women, Indians, Hispanics, or Blacks or Asians, probably more Asians than any of them. Yo, but why? Do, I I think I understand this pretty well, but because you're the professional in this field. Can you explain just why diversity is important for the success of a business from a business standpoint? Diversity and inclusion, right? Not just right. diversity, but D and I for short is important because pause. I just say pause. <laughs> <laughs> because you want to be able to bring people from different walks of life, right? Different mindsets, different education, different thinking. Um, different class systems, all of these things are important to 
the products and services that you're offering. If you're only able to bring in um, Johnny from Malibu, then and you're you're working on something that's targeting a much broader demo. All right, all of this shit is cool. I'm trying to get you to at Shea Moisture and shit like that. <laughs> I just want you to talk about it. Right. Like, this is a real simple case why you yeah, need that, diversity Yeah, inclusion. I mean, yeah. That, those are the reasons why. The Shays, the Pepsis, right. all, the Fords, they all Ubers, have dropped. Yeah. Samsungs. Right. They have all dropped the ball at some point. The NFL. The NFL, my gosh. Damn. Um, so that is why it's important. So for Gen Xers to sort of like miss the ball, the White House, my bad. <laughs> for Gen Xers to sort of miss the boat on that is all oh, man the boat. So I mean, what what the that tells me, the boat is crazy. <laughs> what that tells me is that like all right, you know, all the examples you laid out were yeah cultural issues, right? Cultural sensitivity, yeah. And it's telling me that there's a big connection between cultural sensitivity and the bottom line because that could fuck your whole yo when you bag. We're up. in the business of culture. The whole bag. That's what media is about. Yeah. And so, yeah. even media, yeah, we're talking about media, but Shea Moisture, that's just hair, right? No, that's like, media. They sell media. Everything is media now. Everything <laughs> is media. And you're, and you're exactly right. And, and the connection I'm trying to make is that, like, if everybody's involved in media, social media, you know, print, whatever it is, you know, right. radio, like, people are forgetting that, you know, that cultural sensitivity is big. It affects the bottom line. And right. Companies, I don't think they're. I don't think they get it yet. I still. I don't, think, I don't think, it. think it's something that they talk about in the household. I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast recently, and the conversation was like, "What is this thing about diversity when we're all human beings?" One of the most ridiculous statements I've ever heard from a person I really, really respect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're very, very different. But a lot of people have that that thought process that oh, I don't see color. Race doesn't matter. And it know, doesn't. We're all human. But culture does. No, no, yeah. fuck that. It does. Right. Race matters. Do y'all, y'all know who Tom Burrell is? No. That's son from um, what you call it, right? That's how you guess what was going on. <laughs> Tom, Tom Burrell was one of the first black people to create an agency, a black uh, agency, Burrell Communications in Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah. He said that he had to convince clients to understand that black people are not dark skinned white people. That's an on, that's exact that's an ongoing conversation right now. Still. Still. Right when did that happen in the 50s, I'm sure. 70s maybe. He, yeah, he started in 1971. Ding dong. Yeah, and it's, it's still that, happening. 40 years later it's like ex- yeah. I when I heard this podcast, it aired 2 hours uh I'm sorry. It said 2 hours on YouTube yesterday. And that was the whole conversation. Was like, why do we care about diversity if we're all human? Well, there's a reason. Yeah, uh, the, the, yeah, exactly. There's that reason. Like in in my particular instance at work, it's come to my understanding that race is like something that they don't want to talk about. Right? Like we don't want to talk about certain products. We don't want to be offensive to certain you know groups. Right. But from our perspective, it's like if you ask me what my race is, if you ask me what my hair type is then that means you care. That means right. you want to provide some type of service or product that makes right. it better, right? Right. And most people don't get that part. It's about, oh, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to talk about it. But it's shifted to, like, if you ask me about it, that means you actually want to do some research yeah. and, and think through the problem or, or whatever and find a solution. So, right, right. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> that that my my experience as a, as a black man in the agency was comp- a culture shock for me. 
also understand really? that there was no one else there. Like there was no one else there. It is like it's just real. Yeah, it's just us. I made some great. I made some great relationships while I was there, though. I'm not gonna ever deny that. There's some people that you know. I feel like I will definitely bring along, bring along, can. and and build stronger bonds with walking out of the door. But for the majority of my time there, definitely. Um, was a challenge, especially dealing with uh, senior leadership that did not look like me. So I got a question for you. Knowing that you just went through what you went through in terms of, you know, trying to make steps for your career. You got a daughter, right? Yep. She's what, six now? Yep. What happens, fast forward, let's say she's 18 right now. And she wants to work for the biggest company in the world that's clearly majority, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What do you tell her? Like, what do you tell her to look out for? How, how you have that conversation? Because even you, as in this HR professional who's aware of the signs and the signals, right. you know, like, yeah, and yo, honestly, it's it. You just gotta be there to educate. Like, I want to be able to educate her, mm-hmm. right, and be able to know, like, for her to know that I'm there, and these are the signs that you should be looking out for. And hopefully, she trusts me enough to have those conversations where she's not making. Um, decisions without consulting me, right? You know, like, hey, Dad, what do you think? You know, I'm interested in continuing this conversation. We have to. I'd love this... to continue it online. Yeah, without without users, like a lot of y'all just started following us. We should continue this on Instagram because you know what? I feel like everyone needs some of that guidance you give your daughter as well. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely want to continue the conversation because there's a lot to be said and and heard on. Just how do we move through the interview process? How do we move through just our daily struggles um, at work? And what what happens when you when you do get that notice that your last day is going to be right before Christmas? Which we've all had, man. Which we've all had. You know? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's that time of the year, unfortunately. You know, yeah. I, I hate the fact that they fucking do this now. Do this shit in, in March after I get my bonus. Right. Then, you know, you know, then lay motherfucker off. Right. But don't do it. Right before the holidays, Talk and then, your you, shit. then you wonder why, you know, all these bad things are happening around the holidays. Is uh, yeah, Talk so. your shit. <laughs> Talk your shit. <laughs> but um, yo, we got to wrap, man. I wanted, I do want to continue the conversation, but um, we we got to wrap up, yo. We got to get the fuck up out of yeah, here. Yeah, this is part one. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yo, this is part one. Let's talk about this challenge for the for the for the listeners. Yo, so, B, before you walked in, I I talked about how my previous challenge was to update your resume from the last episode Mm -hmm. and how it played into this conversation. So I I want my challenge to be, um, look for the, my challenge is to not necessarily be negative, but look look at where you are today. Look at the red flags. If there are no red flags, that is fucking awesome. But if there are things that are telling you that something's not right, trust your gut. But that is my challenge is to just think about your current situation and how you can make it better. I'm going to say don't be afraid to say no. Like, the bag is there, right? It's in front of your face. But my my challenge is don't be afraid to say no because the power of no gets you a lot of places. Yeah. Quick challenge. Your family and friends, your family and friends, your network, your network, separate the two, understand who's who, and make things make sense. Yeah. Huh. Woo. <laughs> I didn't know you had to break Ross. <laughs> Yo, thank you, y'all. It's Abstract Square. We appreciate y'all. Uh, let's get the fuck up. Yo. Out. Holla. Peace. Yo, I hate my boss. Dude, think you know it all. And I know I know it all. But I follow protocol. Bad.
in the casket. Got me sitting in traffic. It's 7 a.m. And I woke up late. Didn't even have a shower. Lunch break. Give me a break. A damn half an hour. All this bullshit for 12 bucks an hour. Plug me to Chuck D. Wanna fight the power. Instead, I like the style before I go in the morning. Being here eight hours, sure, get your nausea. Lady, you cruel for me. Telling me a problem. I'm looking at her like, yo. How the fuck I'm gonna solve it? You know I have this.